have any overcomers in the house tonight? There's a couple of you. Are there any overcomers in the house tonight that once was bound, but now you've been set free? That once you were an addict, but today you're free and free indeed? Amen, amen, amen. I'm thankful tonight that we are able to overcome. Amen. We heard a wonderful message last Sunday night about how to overcome, and I pray you've been living in that all week long. Amen. And then, my goodness, this morning. Pastor knocked it out of the park, and I'm just, I'd be happy if I could make a bunt tonight. Amen. What a wonderful, wonderful word we had this morning. Amen. So thankful. Amen. Amen. And what a wonderful presence of the Lord. Amen. It was one of those services that I just, you may have felt differently, but I would have just been okay if we would have gone till three o'clock in the presence of God. It just was one of those you didn't want to leave the presence of God that was here. Amen. And I am thankful for what God is doing in this hour. Amen. If you would, turn with me in your Bibles to Mark chapter 4. And I had every intention of speaking on something different tonight. I, the last time I spoke, I talked about if you are not able. And tonight I was going to talk about if you're not able. Again, no part two. But that... Uh, that didn't work out, and that's all right. But, uh, you know, Pastor said it many, many times, you know, all these churches that do series, and, you know, if that works for them, that's great. And we may pick up a message later on down the road that we feel is important for the time, but I'm not just interested in filling a quota and going through a program and you know this is what I've got to speak on this this night and and I'm thankful that our pastor has been the same way and that that's our leadership and that's our example is we're not interested in you know lesson one and lesson two and we want to hear the word of the Lord amen do you come tonight wanting to hear the word of the Lord amen Mark chapter 4 Verse 2 says, and he taught them many things. Say, he taught them. He taught them many things by parables and said unto them in his doctrine, Hearken, behold, there went out a sower to sow. How profound. You are known by what you do. A lawyer is not a job. A lawyer is a person who practices law. A farmer is not a job. It is a person who manages a farm. A worshiper is not somebody that just comes and sits on a pew. But a worshiper is somebody who worships. If you are a praiser, that means you're somebody that praises. Amen. 
Therefore, if that first guy quit practicing law and the second guy left the farm to be a city boy, he would no longer be a lawyer and he would no longer be a farmer. The sower is someone who sows. Skipping down to verse 26, and he said, So is the kingdom of God as if a man should cast seed into the ground and should sleep and rise night and day and the seed should spring up and grow up and he knoweth not how. For the earth bringeth forth fruit of herself. First the blade, then the ear, after that the full corn in the ear. But when the fruit is brought forth immediately... He putteth in the sickle because the harvest is come. And he said, whereunto shall we liken the kingdom of God or with what comparison shall we compare it? It is like a grain of mustard seed, which when it is sown in the earth is less than all the seeds that be in the earth. But when it is sown, it groweth up and becometh greater than all herbs and soothed out great branches so that the fowls of the air may lodge under the shadow of it. I wonder tonight what great things never grow because we never let them go. What potential do we crush because we cannot let go of that precious seed? Tonight, I want to talk to you on this subject. Don't just sow it. Show it. Don't just sow it. Show it. Father, tonight, we love you so much. God, I thank you for this opportunity. God, I thank you that we can come into this place tonight and worship freely. I pray, God, that you would anoint these lips of clay. God, help me to get beyond myself, Lord. God, so that people might hear your word. God, we want your will to be done in this place tonight. God, you are not here to reprimand us, but you are here to call us out of a place of complacency. You're calling us to leave a place that we know is normal into a place that is far greater, with greater purpose, with greater vision than ever before. God, bless your people tonight. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And everybody said, Amen. You can be seated tonight. I don't want to just be a hearer of the word. I've got to be a doer also. It's not enough today to just simply know all of these things. As much good as it does to people who know the word of God, if they are not practicing the things they know, then what good is it? We do not lack knowledge tonight. We do not lack skill. We don't lack confidence. We don't lack tools. We have many tools that are at our disposal. We have more resources now than we have ever had before. We do not lack desire. I believe every person that is here tonight, the desire is in your heart to do a work for God. The desire is in your heart to serve Him and to be faithful. And the desire is in your heart to make it to heaven someday. Otherwise, I don't believe that you would be here tonight. We do not lack location. 
We are at the right place at the right time, for God has kept us here for such a time as this. We have all of the know-how in the world, but it is not enough to simply know how to do it. We've got to do it. We can't just have all the resources. We've got to put them into practice. We can't simply just have the Word of God in our heart. We've got to make sure that we're living it, that we're showing it, that we are living proof, as we sang a moment ago, and that we are a testament of God's goodness, and that we are a testament of His faithfulness. I'm calling on all soldiers tonight to step on to the battlefield. This war that is going on in the natural, if you think that that is the only war going on right now, then you are sadly mistaken. But there is a far greater war that desires more than your flesh. But there is a war that is after your soul. And we need people today that just don't know how to battle. They don't know just how to go about the victory and and what it's going to look like. But they say, I may not know all the details, but I will be a willing participant in the army of the Lord. I'm willing to get my hands dirty. I'm willing to do what Whatever it takes to fight in this battle because I'm tired of being pushed around. I'm tired of the church having to be put in a closet and our God having to be put in a box with all of these parameters. It does me no good to know how to war if I don't actually war. It does me no good to have all of the tools in my hand and the sword and the weapons if I do not put them in the practice. I can have the whole armor of God every day, but if I'm not out on the battlefield, then there's something wrong. And I understand there's time the soldiers get weary. I understand there's time you have to step back and recover and heal yourself. But also there comes a time where you've got to get right back in and say, I've got to win this fight. I've got to do more than just practice it. I've got to perform today. I've got to get out and do what God has called me to do. We have people that know how to fight that aren't fighting. We have people that know how to pray that aren't praying. We have people that know how to get the job done that are not getting the job done. We have people that God has equipped, that God has called, that God has anointed, and they have allowed the enemy to silence them. They have allowed their enemy to put them in a place where they feel like they are isolated and they have no value to the kingdom of God. But you hear me. God has already put in you what you need for this hour. God has already kept you for this day. And he's saying, I'm ready for you to show it. I'm ready to work a performance through your willingness to participate in what I am going to do. I'm tired of playing the devil's games. I am tired of the spirits that we keep on fighting in our world. And you say, well, Brother Landon, you know, if you've read the word of God, it's just part of it. It's part, I understand, but I'm still tired of it. I'm still sick and tired of facing the same devils every single day. Every time we come into the house of God, that same ugly spirit wants to rise its head and look at us. And he's just watching us as we just say it. 
We're just sowing. We're not, we're not really doing anything. We're just going around talking about what we know. Talking about what we have. Talking about what we're capable of. That's not going to scare anybody. What's going to scare somebody is when you begin to take the coat off and you begin to roll up your sleeves and say, I'm not playing around today. I haven't come to sit back and watch you do that to me anymore. I'm not going to let you manipulate behind the scenes and, and begin to cause division and cause these things to happen. I'm not going to let you stand on a battlefield and taunt the armies of the living God. That may settle with you, but David said, I, I don't understand how you could sit here and listen to that. I don't understand how all... I understand he's big. I understand our adversary is strong. And you're all running in fear. But this is much bigger than us. He is defying the armies of the living God. He is rising up against God's people. And I'm not going to put up with it any longer. I'm going to get involved in the action. And I'm going to step out onto the battlefield. And I'm going to do more than talk about it. I'm going to do something about it. We have the know-how. We know what to do. We know how to win. And we know what it requires. But me knowing how doesn't win any battles. If David had walked out there that day and said, I know you. I know your tricks. And I know how to defeat you. And then turned around and walked away. What good would that have done that he simply just had the know-how? We have much brain and not much brawn. We have all of the answers, yet when times get hard and things get uneasy and people seem to be unplugged and uninvolved and uninterested, wounded and weary, we find ourselves crying out to God for answers. God, I need you to help me. God, I need you to show me. God, I need you to make it clear, make it plain. Show me where I'm going. Crying out to God for direction. Asking God to show us the future and, and show us that next step. And I've been there myself many times praying, God, you're going to have to show me what to do. God, you're going to have to lead us. I, I've heard pastors praying that prayer. I've heard leaders praying that prayer. God, we are in uncertain times. We don't know all the things that we, we're supposed to know. And, and there are people coming to us for answers. And we don't have the answers. And God, today we're just asking you to help us. Asking God to help us know what to do. And I felt God so strongly last night while we were praying. And I was praying those very words. God, would you help us? God, would you show us what to do? And God spoke so clearly and said, I've already told my church what they need to do. Now they just need to do it. I've already told them if they would pray, if they would turn from their wicked ways, if they would humble themselves, if they would remain faithful to me, if they would allow me to work, if they would set aside every weight and sin, if they would open up that book again. I've already told them in there what they need to do. 
And if they would start doing it and they would start obeying my voice and they would start hearing my word, then I will do those wonders that I told them I would do. I will bring them to those places I told them I would bring them. All it takes is me going from knowing how to do it to me doing it. That is the key. That is the next step for the church of the living God to say it's not just about me knowing what to do any longer. Now I've got to put it in to action. I've come to tell somebody tonight in the Holy Ghost, if you would start doing what you know to do now, then God is going to show you what you'll need to do then. If you will just obey God right here and right now in this moment, and when he nudges you, and he says, hey, why don't you pray? Hey, why don't you go tell that person that I still love them? Hey, why don't you go give that person a check for $500? And you don't question God, but you begin to just obey that nudge and follow after his spirit and just see what God might do for you. Abraham did not have all of the answers to where he was going. God did not say, Abraham, I need you to leave this place you call home. And here's a map of every step you need to take. Here's every road you're going to need to travel down. Here's the destination that I am taking you to. That's what we want. That's the way that we like to live because that's so easy. Well, I know the roads. I have the, the map quest printed out. And I know all the roads that I'm supposed to go down before I ever get there. But the Bible says Abraham left that place not knowing where he was going. He kept going every day. Go, Abraham. Abraham went not knowing, but he kept walking. He didn't know all of the details But he kept doing. He kept participating. He kept showing up every day. And letting God lead him step by step. And saying, I don't need to know right back here that I need to turn right way up there. I just need to keep moving until God tells me now it's time to turn right. I need to learn to walk in the Spirit. I need to learn to trust His voice and to know when it's time for me to turn right. He'll tell me when it's time to turn right. When He tells me it's time to take a left, then that's going to be when I take my left. But we're walking. Okay, God, where where am I going next? Okay, God, I don't want to go too much further. I don't like knowing where I'm going. I, I don't like this. It makes me uncomfortable. But somebody here tonight just keep on going just keep on trucking along until God speaks to you again until God gives you that word until God confirms it keep on doing what you're doing my GPS doesn't give me the turn I'm going to take at my final destination first I punch in where I want to go And it tells me how to get there from where I am right now. You need to get going here for just a little bit. And when you get to the place that you're going to need to exit, I'm going to tell you when you need to exit. 
When you take that exit, I'm going to tell you the place that you need to turn right. And we're so good about trusting old Siri and old Faithful and Waze and all of the maps on our phone. But I'm asking somebody tonight, can we listen to God and trust that He can also get me where I need to go? That if I would just heed His voice, that He's going to help me get everywhere I need to go and how I need to do it. We don't have time for cute church. We don't have time for programs. We can know what to do all day long. We can have conferences to tell other people how they need to be having church. Or here's an idea. We can come and we can just have church. We can just come and do the things we know how to do. I may not do it perfect. I may not do it like they do it. But I know how to pray. And I know how to worship. And I know how to praise Him. And I know how to heed His voice. And I know how to have good church. I'm not against new ideas. I'm not against creativity and creative people. I'm thankful for them. But God didn't call us to wow people. He called us to win people. He called us to follow His Word. And He said, if you will do this, I've made it so very simple for you. I've told you the steps. I've made it very clear. I talked to you in parables so I could paint a picture for you of what the kingdom of God is like. I didn't just teach you those things, but I broke it down. I gave you a visual so that you could really grasp it. There are books on top of books and libraries on top of libraries telling us how to do these things. And we can fill our mind with all of the know-how. But it doesn't matter how much I know if I'm not doing what I do know how to do right now. I'm thankful there are people out there who know how to build. I'm so thankful that there are surgeons that are skilled and have the know-how. I am thankful that there are teachers and preachers that know what to say and how to say it. But I am even more thankful for the ones that actually do it. Because today, if a surgeon decided he was going to wake up and say, well, I know how to do open heart surgery. I've got a degree up on my wall and I studied for years to know how to do this. And I've done it so many times before. I have the know-how. And then he just sits there looking at you and watches you die. Knowing how does me no good. I need somebody who says, not only do I know how to do it, but I'm going to put my hand on the scaffold. And I'm going to do the things necessary to take care of you. Because I want to preserve your life. I want to do something for you that's going to give you a future. I wish to God that would be how we feel. God, it's not enough for me to simply know all of these things. It's not enough for me to know your gospel, the death, the burial, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It's not enough for me to know the Acts 2.38 message. I've got to practice it. I've got to preach it. I've got to 
live it. I've got to breathe it. Because you know what? There's going to be somebody that's going to come to you someday. And they're going to say, I I heard that you know how to do something for me. I know that you know that there's somebody that you could connect me to that would help me be freed from my sins and help me escape my past. And they're going to come to you and say, is that you? Are you the one that knows how to do it? And you're going to say, I don't know how to do it, but I can point you to the one that does. I'm the right person to come to today. And God set up this appointment. He brought you to me today so that I can bring you to him tomorrow. What a travesty it would be for somebody to come to you and say, I I heard that you know all of these things. I heard that you know the word of God. I heard that you can help me. I heard that you know how to pray. I heard that you're a part of the church of the living God and that y'all have seen miracles and you've seen cancers shriveled up and you've seen the dead live again and you've seen people in wheelchairs get up and run across the aisle and you say, yeah, yeah, I, I know a little bit about that. Good luck. We laugh, but it's happening. We get up and we talk about all of these things that we know. We get up and we write books and we, we do all of these different programs and all of these things talking about all of the know-how in the world. But are we doing what God has called us to do? Am I doing what He has put in me to do for this very hour? Or I am simply going through the motions and simply going along living, letting precious seed die in my hand, never really doing anything with what I have. I know how to help save lives, but not today. It's just not enough to know how to do it. I need to do it. Having seed in your hand is great, but if you do not sow that seed, Scripture said, it dies. It dies in your hand. What had great potential, what could have spread and made many more precious seed, what could have brought more crops along the way, died in your hand, a single seed. Scripture says, except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. There's a difference of it dying in your hand and dying in the land. Don't let it die in me, God. God, don't let it die in me. God, whatever I've got to do, however I need to do it, God, I don't want to just sow it. God, I want to be intentional with what I'm doing. God, I want to make sure that I'm putting it at the right place, at the right time, and in the right season. But God, if I just cling to it, if I refuse to let it go, God, then it will never grow. It will never be what you destined it to be. Those callings and those giftings that God has given you, I'm asking you tonight, don't just cling to it in your hand, but I'm asking you to just let it go and see what God will do with it. Let God begin to cultivate something and let God begin to do that work in you don't let it die in your hand sow it and it will become what it was destined to be and as tragic as that is last night as I was in here praying God spoke to me the only thing that 
I could think of that could be worse than knowing you have seed in your hand and watching it die is to know that it's fallen and it's been sown and then it's grown and then it's producing and then you're just sitting there watching all of this happen and the field grows and it produces and it's harvest time and it's time for that sickle to be brought out immediately scripture said immediately you grab that sickle and you start but you just sit and you watch it grow and you simply do nothing I know what's supposed to be done I know that I'm supposed to get the sickle and I'm supposed to get out in the field and I'm supposed to get involved in the work of God, but I'll let pastor do that. I'll let, I'll let the Sunday school teachers get out in the field. I'll let them do all the, the heavy labor for my kids. I'll let somebody else go out there with the sickle. I know what needs to be done, but that doesn't mean I have to be the one to do it. And so we sit and we watch the field and we watch it grow. And it withers away and dies and we're wondering why, why, why did pastor not come? Why did brother Landon not come? Why, why was my youth pastor not here? Why? Because that is your field. That is the field that God has given you and put you in. There are people in your community. There are people at your job. There are people that you see every day that I will never see unless you bring them into this place. And unless God opens a door for them to be here. That field is your field. That is your opportunity to get out. I know you know what to do, but can you do it? Can you get involved and say, God, I can't expect everybody else to come down my street. I can't every, and expect everyone else to come knock these doors and pray for this one and pray for that one. God, it's up to me today. How does all of that happen? How can it be possible to see that happen? Because I can so unintentionally. I've done it. I've taken seed out to my garden, and my boys have taken seed out to my garden where we have the parameters built for where said seed is to go. But somehow, some way, it either slipped through the fingertips or the wind blew just right, and the seed went where the seed was going to go. And it happened whether I intended on it happening or not. So sowing can happen unintentionally. But I show it when I get out there and I tend to it. I show it when I go out there and harvest at harvest time. I may be surprised by what grew. I may be shocked by how it happened. I may have the know-how to take care of each plant and, and every vegetable and every fruit. But if I just sit there and watch it every day and just, wow, isn't that awesome? Isn't God good? And I just sit there and watch the beauty unfold and just watch it every day. There's going to come a point where what was once so beautiful could become so horrendous. But you see, you don't have to go to college to be a seed sower. There's not a manual that you have to read that says if you'll read this, you'll, you'll know how to do it. He said the seed will fall. I don't have to know how to let something fall. It just happens. 
He said the seed will do its part and you can go to sleep and you can wake up and everything's going to happen. The bud's going to be there. Things are going to start growing things because the earth's going to do its part. I've already put in, in that what needs to happen. It, it knows what to do and guess what? It's doing it. The earth knows what to do and it does its job. Now I'm asking you, when it comes time to harvest, will you be there? The ground does the work, the soil, it has obeyed my command. But I have put in you a choice. I have put in you something that you can say no, and you can talk about all the no's, how's that you know, but you can also say, no, I want to be a part of this. I want to be a part of this end time revival. I want to do whatever God has asked me to do. God, would you help me? If I leave it, yes, it's going to grow. Yes, it's going to produce. And sure, there will be a harvest that is ready. But if I just leave it there and I don't get too involved, it will rot away and waste. We need God to move. We need God to move in our world. But you hear me, that does not give you an exemption from not being involved in the work of God. Just because God can do it all doesn't mean He's going to do it all. He's put in you the know-how. And He's put in you the desire. And now it's up to you to go out and do the things He's put in you to do. I would rather you work and not know what to do than to know what to do and not work. You say, well, I, I want to do something and I want to be involved and I don't know how to sing and I don't, know, I don't know how. You may not know how to do all of those things. But if you would just get out in the field and you would just begin to walk and begin to feel after God, I promise you, He's going to make up the difference. He's going to begin to instruct you. He's going to tell you, okay, now, now it's time to harvest that one. Okay, that one looks ripe. It's ready. You can, you can pluck that one up now. All right, over here. Let's go over here. It's ready. Now you can be a part of this. The widow woman that gave what little she had and the oil never run out. And we love that. But it wasn't the oil that changed her position and her perspective. Her life wasn't changed. Her idea of the prophet wasn't changed. Because you see, God commanded her to do what she did. He tells the prophet, you go to Zarephath. I've commanded a widow woman there to sustain her. I've put it in her. She, she doesn't even have the chance to say no. I've commanded her to do this. But it's after this that Scripture says in 1 Kings 17, And it came to pass after these things, that the son of the woman, the mistress of the house, fell sick, and his sickness was so sore that there was no breath left in him. And she said unto Elijah, What have I to do with thee, O thou man of God? Art thou come unto me to call my sin to remembrance and to slay my son? And he said unto her, give me your son. I'm going to do more than just talk the talk. I'm going to do more than just say it and, and let it all be by command. But now I'm going to get involved in this process. 
You were commanded to do something earlier, but I'm going to choose to do this right now for you. God hasn't told me to do this. He hasn't instructed me and, and walked. I just know what I feel right now. Put, put your son in my hands. And so he takes the son. He took him out of her bosom and carried him into a loft where he abode. And he laid him upon his own bed. And he cried unto the Lord and said, O Lord my God, hast thou also brought evil upon the widow with whom I sojourn by slaying her son? And he stretched himself upon the child three times and cried unto the Lord and said, O Lord my God, I pray thee, let this child's soul come in to him again. And the Lord heard the voice of Elijah, and the soul of the child came into him again, and he revived. And Elijah again took the child and brought him down out of the chamber into the house and delivered him unto his mother. And Elijah said, See, thy son liveth. And the woman said to Elijah, Now, by this, I know thou art a man from God. I know now that you were willing to get involved in the process that it's not just some mere say. It's not some coincidence. It's not an accident. But I have just seen my son who was dead go up into a room with you. And I heard you crying on behalf of my baby. I heard you crying out to God for my baby. And now here he is alive again. I don't know how all the other stuff happened. I don't even know how this happened. But I know now because you were willing to get involved because you were willing to participate you have changed my mind now by this I know that thou art a man of God and that the word of the Lord in thy mouth is truth it's truth you're not lying to me before I thought it was all just talk before I thought it was you just sowing things but now you're showing things now you're being willing to be a participant in all of this. You didn't just sow it. You have shown it. And now I know. There are people out in our world. They are tired of going to places that have talked and promised them all that they can do. And then they get there and it falls short of what they expected. They walk into churches that have promised them breakthrough. They walk to altars where people have said, if you'll come to my church, something will be different. And they've come and they've participated in the service and they've left unchanged. They've left with the same hurt and the same brokenness. May that never be said of Greater Life Church, but let you be willing to say, this isn't just talk. Give me your baby. Give me your baby. Put them in my arms. God, right now, I plead for this woman's child. Right now, I speak to this cancer. Right now, God, I pray for that lost loved one. God, I can't just talk about it. I can't just bring them to church and expect all the ministers to do it. You've given me power. You've given me anointing. You've put in me purpose. You said I have it, so I'm going to operate in it. Don't let it die in me, but let me use it. Let me show the world what God can do. 
Let's all stand all over this house tonight. Our world is not impressed with the gimmicks. They're not impressed with the lights and the smoke. They're not impressed with the big preachers because every time you turn around, another one's fallen into moral failure. They are looking for something that's real. They said, I, I don't want you to sow anymore. I, I, I've had enough. I've had enough. I need you to show me. I need you to take me to Jesus. That's all I need. I don't need more programs. I don't need more parties. I don't need more blow up things in the front. I don't need all of that. I need Jesus. Their opinions don't even change after God works a miracle sometimes. And it blows my mind and that's so unfortunate. They just count it as coincidence, lucky stars. But when trouble rises... And we the people of God are who we say we are. And do the things that He said we could do. They notice. They notice. It's not enough for me to just know it. It's not enough for me to even sow it. I've got to show it. I've heard several visions about the harvest. Brother Morgan made mention of him seeing a harvest. Others that have come through have talked about a harvest that they have seen. A couple years ago, God gave me a vision of the same harvest I believe that others have seen. And I can't speak on behalf of their account. I can only speak on behalf of mine. But as I was praying this week, God showed me that harvest again. Oh, it's so beautiful. It's so full and bountiful. But I began to weep this time that God took me back. Because as I looked out across this full field that was so beautiful, I saw not one laborer. I saw not one person out in that field. I'm not saying that you. That could be my field. That could be God quickening me that I need to do more and I need to be more involved. Matthew 9, it says, And Jesus went about all the cities and villages teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of His kingdom and healing every sickness and disease among the people. He wasn't just talking and teaching and preaching. He was healing them. He was doing what they needed Him to do. He wasn't just talking about stuff. He was doing stuff. I love Acts 1 and 1. I'm writing to tell you, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach. He didn't just talk. He didn't just teach them. You're going to do this because I said to do it. But he said, no, I'm going to do it too. I want you to hear my words. This is not something I'm just expecting you to do. I'm going to do it too. Verse 36, but when he saw the multitudes, he saw so many 
He was moved with compassion on them. Because they fainted. Because they were scattered abroad. One translation says that they were confused and helpless. And it hurt him so badly. As sheep having no shepherd. The problem was not needing more sheep. The problem is not that we need more harvest. The problem is not we need more hungry souls that are out there that are desperate. That are looking for answers. That are looking for a way. And I think sometimes when we pray for revival that that's what we're praying God, give us more sheep. Give us more wheat. Give us more things that we can bring in. And God said, no, 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 no. That wasn't the problem. There was a multitude. There were so many. And they were scattered everywhere. That wasn't the problem. The problem was the multitudes was more than the ministers. The people were more out there than we had helping. And then he turns to his disciples. He said, the harvest is full. It's plenteous. Don't pray for any more harvest. It's here. It's ready. It's ripe. You keep praying for revival. and, And I understand what you're wanting. But I'm telling you, it's already here. It's already out there. But the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore. The Lord of the harvest. That he will send forth laborers. Into the harvest. Don't pray for more sheep. Don't pray for more wheat. They are already on their way. The field is already ready right now. Don't pray for God. What do we do? Pray for people who can help do what they already know how to do, to do it. Pray that a desire would rise up in you tonight, that you're going to do whatever you can where you are. Pray that the ones who know how to lead would step up and lead. Pray that the ones that know how to teach Bible studies would open their Bible again and begin to witness to people. Pray that the Sunday school teachers that are here and God's equipped you with that and you're content sitting on a pew, that you would be stirred tonight and saying, Oh God, I can't look at any more scattered sheep. I can't sit here knowing another day. God, that a seed is in my hand and it's simply dying. God, I've got to show it. I've got to participate. I've got to do more. We say, well, Brother Landon, I just need to be fed right now. Brother Landon, I just need to read up and I need to study more and I need to know what I'm doing. I, no, 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 no. We need laborers in this field. Get out there and link up with somebody. If you don't know what to do, find somebody who does. And say, can I come alongside you and watch you for a moment? It doesn't take a rocket scientist to get down and say, God, I don't know what I'm doing. But I know that you do. Would you lead me to the person that I'm supposed to talk to today? 
God, would you show me today where I need to sow seed? Would you show me, God, where there's a harvest in my reach that I could step out into the field? God, tonight, right here in this service, God, stir up a desire in me. The ground does its part. The earth does its part. Now, God, help me to do my part. Help me to not just say it. Help me sow it. And then help me reap that harvest. All over this house tonight, every hand lifted. God, You have called us for such a time as this. We've heard prophecy. God, we've seen vision, Lord. We've heard your word. God, that the latter rain would be greater than the former rain. We've heard, God, that there's coming a day where there's going to be a great falling away and that may discourage some. But there is also going to be a day of great revival. God, of people coming. They are here and they are ready. But God, as we look across the field, do we see any laborers tonight? Are there any people here tonight that say, I know I've got to do more. I know there's more for me to do. I've grown stagnant. I've grown weary. I've held on to this seed. I've held on to this last little bit of oil. But tonight, I release it. I want to see what might happen if I would participate in the work of God. If I would get involved in what you're doing. God, I don't have to know how. I don't have to know all the details. Let me follow after you. Let me walk after you.